Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, turn your Bibles very quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. You see, it is very difficult sometimes to exegete from one single verse because verses like this tempt you to want to go through the post-text and the pretext so that you can understand the context better. Because the second part of this verse seems like it needs explanation, but it doesn't matter. The first part will be our emphasis, but you can read the full thing. Everybody, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, read together, one, two, go. Read it again, loud as you can, one, two, go. It says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly. Have you ever earnestly desired anything in your life? It says, have that kind of passion and desire for spiritual gifts. You see, in the realm of the spirit, you only experience what you actively pursue. It's not enough to believe in something or to say you believe in the miraculous and you even have it on the statement of faith of your church on the website. We believe that God heals the sick. It's not enough. You must earnestly covet. You must earnestly desire. Earnestly pursue. Listen, the only way you can see power consistently is that you desire it earnestly. I take that again. The only way you can see power consistently is if you desire it earnestly. You want to know how we will know that you desire spiritual gifts? By the actions that you take. If you really desire spiritual gifts, you will buy books on it. You will listen to sermons on it. You will meditate on it. That's how to earnestly desire. Listen, you can't be someone who is in a kitchen filled with portable water. And you say, ah, I desire water. What do you mean you desire water? The proof of desire is pursuit. Anything you don't pursue, you don't truly desire. The word translated earnestly, desire, that word is zelo in the Greek. And it's an active word. It means to move after something. There must be a corresponding action that is consistent with your claim of desire. It's to, it means to be moved after something, to move after something. That's what zelo means. And so my simple charge to you this morning, desire spiritual gifts. Listen, the Bible says it, it's an instruction. It's not an option. It's not a denominational priority. It's a theological instruction. Desire spiritual gifts. Yes, you might have tried to pray for the sick before. It seemed like nothing much happened. Desire spiritual gifts. 
Maybe you used to desire it more than you do now. You had some setbacks and so you've stopped. Desire spiritual gifts. Pursue it and never stop. You see, one of my heroes in the Bible is one that many people don't really pay attention to. But each time I read that story, you know, it just touches me in an extraordinary way. When you read about the story of the woman with the issue of blood, I've shared this with you before. Many people just go straight to the part where she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and was made well. But the beginning of it, I, I can't get over it. That someone would have been sick for 12 years, have spent all her money trying to treat herself, did not get better, and yet, after 12 years, she hears that there's a man of God in town, and she's willing to try. She still believes in the miraculous. No one needs to cajole her. No one needs to sit her down and say, you know what, listen, I know you've gone to many places, you've tried many things, try this last time. Mm -mm. Do you know how powerful it is, after 12 years, to say to yourself, if I touch the hem of his garment, no one told you. No one said to you. No one cajoled you. 12 years after, you are still interested in the manifestation of spiritual gifts. And you are interested enough to take action, take steps. You leave your house. You get dressed and you go with a determination. If I would touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. That's a hero. Some of us give up, give up too quickly. You know, I saw a quote that someone made quoting one of the statements by Kennedy again. He said, if many people gave the power of God the benefit of doubt that they give medical doctors, they will see the power of God manifest more in their life. Because even in medical science, there is something called follow-up. Because even after you see the doctor, the doctor gives you a diagnosis. Sometimes you need to follow up so the doctor checks you again and you might need to change your drug or just change the approach or something. But some people, when it comes to the power of God, we already have that hidden bias. It may or may not happen. And so immediately we think it doesn't happen. We move on. Because we were never really invested in the idea of the manifestation of the power of God. But this is the word of God to you. It says earnestly. It must be a fervent, observable passion in your life. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Pursue it and never stop. That even in an environment of contradiction, your conviction never changes. I said it years ago. I was reading a biography of Charles Spurgeon. No, not Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth. I'm laughing for a reason, don't worry. Of Smith Wigglesworth. You know, all the dead people that God used him to raise, all the sick people that God used to, him to heal, only for me to discover that he had a daughter who was deaf. You know, and someone reads that and goes, ah, God, why? If he's such a great man of God, why would that happen to him? But instead, my faith in his ministry hit the roof and went beyond. Do you know what it means to have a healing ministry in an environment of contradiction? That even though he had prayed for that lady many times, and for some reason that we don't know, she wasn't healed. He didn't stop his faith in the miraculous. That's, listen, that's a hero of faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? Pursue it 
and never stop. You know one, one thing else you must never do? Don't settle. Don't change the goalpost. Don't adjust your theology to accommodate your unfavorable experiences as far as charismatic ministry is concerned. Don't settle. You know, you hear a lot of people say some funny things that are sincere, maybe even noble, but they won't get us anywhere. They won't get the job done. They won't evangelize this world with such a notion. Someone says, um, I would rather be a person with fruits of the Spirit than be a person with gifts of the Spirit. Who said you have to choose? It's just like someone saying, I would rather have eyes than have ears. What do you mean rather? Who said I have to choose? They are both important. Listen, the fact that one is more important does not mean both are not needed. If both are needed, then get it. No one says you have to choose. So why then are you, why is it even a discussion? Because you want to hide under, you want to hide your mediocrity. That's why. Most of the people who come up with slick phrases like this, they don't flow in power gifts. Check it. Check it. Listen, we can, we can accommodate someone making comparisons like that if you excel in both. Someone like Paul, you know, he tells us first and foremost, he says, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. So now you can understand that when he's correcting the excesses in the administration of the tongues gifts, he's not doing that as an excuse. He's not being mediocre. He's just correcting sincerely extremes in the church. But many today is the opposite. It is people who don't speak in tongues that have the most opinions on tongues. Have you noticed? They say most of what people are doing is not tongues. How do you know? You don't speak in tongues. How could you possibly know if you don't have the gifts? How could you know? How are you an expert yet is not working for you? Hallelujah. One day I'm going to explain it. It's just biblical semantics and metaphors. Fruit of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. You know what fruits of the Spirit is? Or many people will imagine a tree. You think there's a tree inside you with branches? Fruit is a metaphor for the evidence of the Spirit's influence. And the evidence of the Spirit's influence is not just moral. It is charismatic. So gifts of the Spirit are also fruits of the Spirit. When you talk about fruits of the Spirit, you're talking about evidence of the Spirit's influence. It is both moral and charismatic. So if the Spirit is on you, the stony heart to be taken out of your flesh. It changes your behavior. Quite all right. But if the Spirit is also on you, ah, he said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the utmost parts of the world. That's what the Bible says. Besides, you have to understand the generation that you are in. You know, Paul called it a crooked and perverse generation. He says, you are expected to shine as light in such a generation. You live in a generation that is arrogant. A generation that not only feels they don't need the God that you serve, but that feels that they have replacements. Either in money, they found a God in money or in themselves, or in actual smaller gods. Listen, the devil is disguising in several different ways and has deceived people to worship him. 
And guess what? The people have some form of signs to show for it. I finished preaching one day in, somewhere <laughs> in this city. And when I was done preaching, someone came to me and he asked a simple question. He said, I want to follow God. My father did blood money. He said, it's not movie. I know it. Not just me. All my relatives know it. The people that died, they know why they died in my family. My father has money. He said, I want to follow God, but I'm broke. What can Jesus offer me? That, I mean, no one has asked me such a question before in my life. I was shocked. It looked like Nollywood. I'm not telling you what someone told me. I'm telling you a personal experience. He said, what can Jesus offer me? I want to follow, but I don't want to be broke. And now, while you might abominate the transactional approach to faith in God, and I abominate it also, but it just tells you the kind of generation that we are dealing with. I have a transactional relationship with the devil, or at least I know someone who did and has results. If you're going to convince me, you're going to have to show me something. Then the church is still saying, fruits are better than gifts. <laughs> you are joking. You don't know what you're up against. You'll be shocked if the Lord opens your eyes to see what some of the colleagues in your office are doing. You'll be shocked. You will have to renew your mind. See what people do to fortify themselves. That's the generation you live in. You know, a man of God said this. He said, in Africa, there is almost no family that does not at least have a distant relative that is in the occult. Almost none. Even if it's uncle's father's cousin, there must be somebody. So if some white preacher is talking like that, you want to follow. You are joking. Some of you watched deeper. I was preaching and I got a word of knowledge. I said, there's someone here a relative lost his mind and walked out of the house. And a young man came. I didn't want to put the mic on him, so I asked him questions. Who is it? He said his dad. His dad was a pastor, or is a pastor. And the man, of course, clearly an attack, lost his mind, walked out of the house. The church has not opened since February because pastor could not be found. And then to the glory of God, we prayed for him that night, as you all saw. Two weeks ago, I was in Abuja. He ran to me after the service. He said, Daddy is back. Yeah. Glory to Jesus. He said, Daddy is back. You know, as I was going back to the hotel, as I was being conveyed, you know, in the vehicle, I, I was almost in tears. I, I was just like, because you see, you never get over these things. And then, you know what was running through my mind? Ah, if we excuse this thing, if we downplay it, people will suffer. People will suffer. You have a very wicked devil out there. And sometimes, arguments and negotiation will not work. You know what God said? He said, I know Pharaoh will not let the children of Israel go, except with a strong hand. He said, I know. I know. He said, I will make him let them go. Sometimes it will take force. The good news this morning is, you serve a God who doesn't shy away from a contest. <laughs> it does not, you know, and there are so many examples in the Bible. It caused problem when I was preparing my notes. Like, which one do I share? Which one? Do, do I start with Dagon? The God of the Philistines. 
an idol. And maybe I should describe that idol because some of you ignorant folks watching and consuming everything on the TV, you don't know any better. Let me describe Dagon to you. First of all, he was made of stone. That's not my emphasis. But he was half man, half fish, and had a beard. Looks like a movie character, doesn't he? Half man, half fish, and had a beard. Enough said. <laughs> and now the, Philist the Philistines, the children of Israel, were not in line with the will of God. And so they became susceptible to the attack of the enemy. And so the Philistines came, plundered them, killed 10,000 of them. And he said of them to go. Along with their spoils of war, they take the Ark of the Covenants. Ark of the Covenant, they bring it to their temple to put it in front of their God. You know, sometimes the enemy sees you going to church praying, but they think you are joking, so they will try some things. And that's why it is at those times the power of God has to prove the doubters wrong. Imagine, Elijah is on a mountain praying. Then soldiers come and say, man of God, come down. He said, if I be a man of, you call me man of God, if I be. How does that, how does that align? Man of God, calm down. Ah, no now. Come on, are you with me? So now they put the Ark of the Covenant and they, they put Dagon, you know, just opposite each other. And then they go. The next morning they come and Dagon is lying face down. In front of the Ark of the Covenant. And maybe someone must have been inquisitive and said, ah, what does this mean? Dagon is lying in front of the Ark. Is this subjugation? Is this, is this, you know, respect? And someone says, oh, you're taking this thing too far. Maybe wind just blew. Ah, you think too deep. Don't worry. Just carry Dagon up. Let's help God up, you know. So, <laughs> so they try. Ah. And they put Dagon up. Sorry, sir. Don't worry. You know. And then they go. And then the next day again, they come. This time around, Dagon has no head. Dagon has no hands. By mysterious means, he's lying flat, headless and handless. Hallelujah. And not just that, plagues break out in the entire land. Everywhere they tried to move the ark to, there was problem, problem, until the enemies on their own carried the ark back to Israel. They apologize. That's your God. He, do, he doesn't shy away from a contest. Listen, you know why you tell um, them in your office that you won't compromise and they don't like you? It's because unlike Daniel... You had little to show for it. Daniel said, don't worry. Is it about food? Is it all about results? Just test me. Let everyone else eat. I will not eat. And then at the end, let's see. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> so by the time he was done and he stood beside, the Bible says they found him better than all the magicians and astrologers. Eh? And in horoscope people. Did you hear? They found him better than who? Answer me now. <laughs> they found him better than who? Say it. 
Let's open it. Maybe you are not, you don't get what I'm saying. Maybe you think I'm guessing. Turn your Bibles, the book of Daniel. Chapter 2, verse 27. Okay, look at, we'll go to 27, 2, verse 27. Look at 1, verse 20. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the who? And who? Who were in the realm. He found them better than astrologers. So you, you want to know the future. You look at the star. Ah! You have embarrassed us. Sagittarius, you. Tongue-speaking believer. Sagittarius. <laughs> Saggy what? Turn your Bibles. Listen. He found him better. Listen. Atopocrates. Don't fall for the deception of the enemy. It doesn't mean that horoscope doesn't work. That's part of the problem. The problem is that it works. I won't care if it doesn't work. <laughs> the Bible tells us clearly that he put the signs for the star for signs of times and seasons. Simple. Not to understand your future. You have the Holy Ghost. You are looking up to the sky. Embarrassment. Isaiah chapter 47, verse 13 and 14. It says, you are wearied in the multitude of your counsels. You are looking elsewhere besides me. Looking to the stars. Now you are weary. You are in trouble. With the multitude of counsels. It says, let now the astrologers and stargazers and the monthly prog prognosticators, I beg your pardon, stand up and save you. Let them save you. God is saying, if you don't stop that nonsense, one day you will be in trouble. And we ask him, now, why are you asking me for my will for your life? Ask Sagittarius now. <laughs> why are you asking me? So God is saying, <laughs> ask astrologer. Hallelujah. God doesn't shy from the contest. Okay, Babylon, you have magicians. No problem. My spirit is upon Daniel. He will be better. The most dramatic of the examples was Elijah, of course, by far. So I'm tired of the confusion of this title of prophets. And priests, they call me prophet. They call you also prophets. Say, bring your altar. Let's settle this one time for all. Bring your altar. Let me bring my altar. Call to your God. Let me call to God. The God that answers by fire, let him be God. And so the prophets of Baal started. Started all their calling and shouting. Elijah was, you know, making excuses for their God. You need to shout more. Maybe he went out. Boya, he went to the market. So shout more so that you will hear. They shouted. You know, they were shouting, shouting. I think he might be using the restroom. You know, sometimes when you knock a door, if the person is inside, you know, the restroom, they will not hear you. Maybe the shower is on. Shout more. When they were done and nothing happened, he said, bring water. Pour on this altar first. Because you see, the fire that is about to come on this altar 
Water can't stop it. This was a contest. Everybody saw it. Do you know what that means scientifically? Because scientifically, when you go up, things get cooler. You have clouds up there in the atmosphere. But now, the Bible says fire came from up. From the sky, fire. How do you explain that? And engulfed the altar. Licked off the sacrifice. Burnt up the stones. Licked off the water. That's the generation you live in. Jesus himself said, except you see signs, you will not believe. That's what he said. Except you see signs. The generation has not changed. You know what a sign is? It is anything that authenticates our claim. You see, when um, every driver knows road signs. And every vehicle, good vehicle, has indicators also. You have a double pointer. You have your trafficator. You can trafficate left. When the left trafficator is on, everybody knows you're about to go left. When the trafficator is showing right, the right trafficator is on, everybody knows you're about to go right. Listen. Signs and wonders prove that God is with us. That's what they do. They draw the attention to the fact that God is with us. This is how the world will know. There are a class of testimonies that the hidden will testify on your behalf. It says, then shall the hidden say, the Lord has done great things for them, whereof they are glad. Yeah. Then shall the hidden say. That's what signs do. Wonders. By the time with their funny mirrors, they check and they see what is covering you, what is backing you up. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I've, I've told you a funny incident. You know, all these magicians, they have apprentices. The apprentices are always very zealous and they don't know any better. So I went to Ikeja City Mall, not far from here, and I was in the car park. And you know, all these people, they call themselves alphas, you know, and they always try to prophesy to people and then cast spells on them and all of that. And as I just parked, some one of them just wound. He, the senior ones were in the car. They didn't see him coming to me. And just wound, sir, do you have a few minutes? I want to tell you some things about your future. Then I just looked. So I was very intrigued. I was like, ha, ah, finally, God, you know. <laughs> but then the guys in the car were shouting, leave him alone, leave him alone, come back, leave him alone. You know, I wish I had a camera. It was very funny. Leave him alone, leave him alone, come back, leave him alone. Ah. And then the young man knew, you know, so he just walked away and said, ah. It would have been fun. I want to put a spell on me. <laughs> now you go follow me, go as you go wash clothes, go wash plates. Hi. <laughs> For like one month. Now, I want to ask you a question. Is this kind of confidence for pastors alone? Listen, you have to remember how the church started. Everyone who believed, 120 of them were in an upper room. Listen, all of a sudden, there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. They all heard it. And the spirit 
fell on every one of them. Cloven tongues as of fire appeared on everyone's head. You know how we, they knew it was everyone's head? Because everyone saw it. Because if it was one person, he wouldn't have seen the one on his head. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it means everyone saw it. So God, at the advent of the Spirit, you see a church fully immersed in the manifestation of the Spirit. God wants involvement in the miraculous from top to bottom. Not just one person. Not just two people. Not just ten people. Stop calling pastor every two days. Something has happened again. Sir, you need to pray. Don't you understand? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. To grow in the consciousness of the authority that you carry and start talking like it and start walking like it and start acting like it. How dare someone in your office make threats against you? And then you say, Sorry, sorry. You know, what? The God of the Bible does not shy away from a contest. You know, when you read carefully, you know, you can put up Isaiah 19.1. When you read carefully in the Bible, you realize what happened in Egypt wasn't really about Pharaoh. It was about the gods of Egypt. And so God wanted to exhaust all the abilities of their magicians. And to get to a point where by their own admission, they will know this one pass us. Do you know what it means for your own magicians to tell Pharaoh, ah, this is the hand of God. Do you know, maybe it never stood out for you. Magicians, they saw, they, they, I mean, before they were trying to compete. Ah, he dropped rod, he's done to serve we can do that. But it got to an extent. Magicians advised Pharaoh, this is God, though. <laughs> this is God. So by that, implicitly, they were telling you, we are fake. You know, I might have been pretending, but you can't deny anymore. This is the finger of God. When magicians on their own admit, we call it compelling power. Because the devil will not admit without force. So you will show him that power past power. Uh, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, that's what we are talking about. Nobody can threaten you. Enough is enough. No more ignorant church. The devil has, you know, held sway for too long. You know, I finished preaching one day and one lady came to me. Because, of course, as we were preaching, you know, demons left her in the church. So she came to me and to tell me some things that had been happening in her family. Her dad died. The dad was very wealthy. So the uncle used charm to chase all the people, you know, in the family, out of the family house. He's in the family house enjoying the father's wealth, and he tells them openly that there's nothing anybody can do about it. Stop playing games. There is a devil out there that hates your ghosts. If, see, if, if you don't believe in miracles, miracles, he's happy. He's happy. Stop playing games. I, I, what? The things that are happening are ridiculous. But God told Moses, he says, tonight, <laughs> I will come back to this. He says, tonight, just put it up there. Tonight, I will pass through Egypt to execute judgment upon Egypt and upon her gods. I prophesy, the power of the Lord will visit your family tonight. And every false God will be judged tonight. <laughs> 
their charms, their armory, everything they've trusted in will embarrass them shamefully tonight. Say amen like you believe. Say amen like it will happen. Say amen like you believe in the power of God. This text says, the burden against Egypt. Behold, the Lord rides on a swift cloud and will come into Egypt. The idols of Egypt will totter at his presence. Ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I like the way the psalmist put it. Listen, where the presence of God shows up, even things that are stationary begin to move. He says, at the presence of God, even mountains keep like lambs. They started to hop away, to take cover. He says, the rivers were turned back. And so I began to inquire, mountains, why are you hopping away? Rivers, why are you turned back? He says, tremble at the presence of God. Where is the presence of God? Ah, uh, listen. <laughs> Dagon stood before the ark and bowed. Now the ark is inside you. Anywhere you step into, it doesn't matter the gods that are represented them. They will bow. He says, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things under the earth. It doesn't matter where they went to conjure the powers. He says they will bow. They will bow to the name of Jesus. Did you hear what I'm saying? They will bow. They will bow. It means the grace on you subjugates any false power. Are you ready to see that in your life? Listen, your family members may depend on your prayer this morning. All those negative trends. You go to the doctor, say something is wrong with me. They check, check, they can't see anything. Ah, ah. Listen, enough is enough. Hallelujah. The God that answers by fire. Hallelujah. Maybe you need to talk with more confidence if I be a man of God. Listen, things must change in this family. Hallelujah. Things must change. The devil never envisaged me, you know, getting born again and growing in the knowledge of God. Now I know better. All those oppression must end. Listen, resist oppression anywhere. In the office, on the road, resist oppression. No matter the form, shape, listen. You're walking on the road, some funny masquerade comes to you. Except you're feeling happy, it's charity, they're hungry. But never out of fear, remove money, what? What? Hallelujah. God said, tonight, I will pass over Egypt and judge the gods of Egypt. Are you ready for manifestations of the Spirit in your family? Pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Pray like you have power. Release some dynamite right now. He says, the heartfelt 
continued prayer of a righteous man, it makes power available. Stir up some power right now. Stir up some power right now. In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. Akapotere Mahaya. Kosagbara. Toda Biti Jesus. Sing with conviction. Say, Kosagbara. Toda Biti Baba. Boast in your God this morning. Kosagbara. Toda Biti Jesus. There is no God like my God. Go so Roko. Do da biti baba. Go so Roko. Do da biti. Come on, sing with conviction. Oh Roko. Oh, 
demons plaguing anyone here. In the name above every name, I command you, be healed in the name of Jesus. Let the power of God come on you strong. Let whatever needs to be replaced be replaced. Let creative miracles happen right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Ah, come on, go say. Some of you right now, you feel fire burning in you. That's the anointing of the Lord. Listen, let anything inconsistent with the glory of God in your life, let them bow to the anointing now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.